Picture books are not always written just to entertain. Sometimes they contain a message or a moral that is intended as much for you as it is for the grandchild sitting in your lap. Today we explore a picture book that encourages grandparents, parents, and children alike that accepting yourself and being proud of who you are is the only way to truly shine. I'm Emily Morgan. And I'm Mike Morgan. And in this episode of The Grand Life, we talk to Samantha Reynolds, the author of Help Me, Be Me. It is written to guide us in our relationships with each other, whether parent to a child or a grandparent to a grandchild. It's a reminder for the adults in every child's life to honestly appreciate each child for who they are. Samantha Reynolds, welcome to The Grand Life. We're so happy to have you on. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. So, Samantha, what prompted you to become a certified conscious parenting coach? And for those of us who aren't familiar with that certification, what is that exactly? Yeah, the, what prompted me to become a conscious parenting coach was um, was basically my son. So I stayed home with him, mm-hmm. uh, and I became first a Montessori teacher, and then from Montessori, I discovered Dr. Shafali. So I don't know if you're audiences know Dr. Shafali, but she's a New York Times bestselling author. Wonderful. And her new book, yeah, she's she's fantastic. And I decided, I researched and I decided I wanted to take take her six-month program. Mm -hmm. And I loved it so much, but what I discovered at the end of it was that it was really more for me than for my kid. (laughs) Because the, the conscious parenting method that she teaches is really about the parent. So her philosophy is Parenting is not about the child at all. It's about the parent. Mm. And so you do a lot of deep work into you. And the reason, I guess, deep down I wanted to do it was I wanted to be the best parent I could possibly be. And that really meant healing myself first and then being able to be present with my son. Yeah, you know, we hear a lot about that now, that the adult has to learn how to parent themselves if they were not parented correctly. And most of us from this generation, the grandparents, we're just passing down the parenting that we received. And so we and we didn't have any guidance. I mean, we only had Dr. Spock and Dr. Spock basically was a medical doctor who once in a while would say something like, you know, feel confident, do what you need to do. So, you know, what is it that you believe needs to change in parenting and in the parenting world? And how do you address that through this picture book? Uh, that's a big question. Yeah. But yes. Uh, so the first part of the question what do I see needs to be changed? Um, there's a, a number of things, but I think the biggest thing would be parents accepting the child they have and not being afraid to to do that in terms of you might your child might gravitate towards different sports or careers or athletic, whatever it is, or art or dance mm-hmm. that is not something that you are comfortable with, for example, uh, to try to accept that and not try to change it. Uh, I think I see a lot of parents trying to force their kids to do certain things, mostly extracurriculars, but also schooling and grades and things like that. And they're they're just not seeing what, what they have in front of them. You know, some kids are great at school. Some kids are not. Some kids are great athletes. Some kids are not. Some are in the middle, yeah, you know, and yeah. uh, it's very difficult to do. It's very, I, I fail all the time, but I keep getting up and trying again. <laughs> um, so I think that's one of the biggest the biggest things that's and, and to to just let go a bit, especially mm. as your child gets older, is to let go and see them fail, 
see them try things and fall down. Uh, my kid's 13 now, and it's becoming, as he gets older, even more difficult to do that, Yeah, uh, frankly. A lot of young parents think, oh, this is the worst, this is the hardest, this is so difficult because they won't sit down when they're eating or they won't eat what I want them to eat. Mm -hmm. But really, there's just so much more coming. And you hate to tell that to your children, your adult children, because, you know, you've seen it from above. At, at, at the grandparent level, you've seen the whole stages of from zero to 25 or 30 or 40. Yes. And in my book, I really highlight some of the tenets of conscious parenting that I learned from Dr. Shafali. And a lot of it is about that, is from a child's point of view, which is unique in one way, and a lot of these types of books, it's really the mother or father speaking to the child. Mm -hmm. This way, I really want to give the child a voice because I also find that there are, you know, a lot of people don't give children enough credit in terms of having a voice, having an opinion, being able to do and understand more than they can. Mm -hmm. So I just, it's just gentle reminders to yeah. trust them, to leave them alone, to watch them, to observe and not push things on them as much. Uh, of course, every situation is different. Yeah. And that's beautiful. You know, what ages do you see this book being geared towards? Because I don't know, I feel like I learned something from reading it. Yeah. That's what my in-laws said, uh, <laughs> that it's good for grandparents too. Yeah. Uh, they said in their relationship, some of the reminders were good for their relationship. Uh, I would say zero, I'm targeting zero to eight years old, because you could read it to a baby clearly. Yeah. But uh, I've had six, seven, eight-year-old children read it, and they really loved it and gravitated towards it. Uh, and they gravitated also towards the words, but to the, the illustrations that are, um, they're just so colorful and unique. Um, the artist I found did such a wonderful job. But that's my target age, but I really think it speaks to all ages. I really do. Yeah. But, yeah. New parents would benefit, I think, a lot, or parents of young kids. Samantha, do you see a generational divide between how parents may read it and how grandparents may read it? I mean, not to overgeneralize, but I sense that there may be some of that here. I think there is, because like you mentioned, um, you have all that experience mm -hmm. before you. So now when you read it and you read it to your grandkids, you'll be coming with all that experience and your relationship with your grandchildren will be different than the relationship they have with the parents. We, When we are dealing with our grandchildren and they act up, if you want to call it act up or whatever, it's easy for us to think, oh, I remember that with a child and they end up, you know, going to college and doing this, all this other <laughs> stuff. You you see the broad picture. So you, you're like, they're going to be fine. They're, you're loving them well. They're going to be fine. But as a parent, it's very nerve wracking. Yeah, that's exactly it. And uh, that's what I've learned also from my mother-in-law is that in, in the grandparents is that they're like, what's the big deal? He's not eating broccoli. Oh, well, you know, like <laughs> yeah. he's, he's going to be okay. He's going to be right, okay. He'll survive. <laughs> yeah. But it's tough in the moment for parents because for me too, you know, you're like, I want him to get the right nutrition. I want this. It's tough. You have to be really mindful of yourself, which is what we come back to the more of the conscious parenting of being really, really present and what's coming up for you, what triggers are coming up for you, mm -hmm. and what is it really about? It's not usually about the kid not doing something or not eating something. It's about other conditioning you might have as a parent. Yeah. Now, as we're talking a little more about grandparents, tell me a little bit about your grandparents. At least you. I think you mentioned that your grandmother had a big influence on you. She had a really big influence on me. Uh, it's my fault. I didn't have grandparents on my mother's side. They passed away very early, very young. 
so my father's uh, mother and father, but particularly the mother, um, I really just, we had such a special bond and I would go even when I was a teenager out of my way and spend time with them and spend the nights with them. Uh, and I felt like I could really be myself in that house, that I was accepted for who I was. I could do and say what I liked and it was okay. Mm -hmm. And it was a very peaceful environment and a fun environment. And I just, I really gravitated towards it. I'm the only grandchild of theirs that did that, that would really go out of their way and spend time with them. But it's because of the feelings I got from, from them and particularly her that I could just be me. And oh, there was... You know, I love what you said about you hear the only grandchild, because sometimes I think as grandparents, we think, I don't know, we're not really connecting with. I mean, when you have 10 grandchildren, as we do, soon to be 11, we, you know, we're not going to connect that way with every grandchild. We might have one or two like you who really love just being with us and really connect with us. And, you know, it, we're all different. So that makes sense to me that you might be the only grandchild who felt like what felt like that. Yeah, it, it, it does make sense. I don't know how many she had, maybe six or seven. Uh -huh. I can't remember. All, I have a few cousins. But but yes, they. when I speak to them about it, they only saw the grandparents when it was like a family get together, you mm -hmm. know, a holiday time or something like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, everyone is so individual, like you said, you know, some of your grandkids really will be attracted to spending time with you and ask you lots of questions and find out about your life, you know, which yeah. is what I did and, ask, you know, find out what you're reading and what, and go golfing with you. They taught me how to golf, like that kind <laughs> of thing. But the rest, they still love you. It's just a different relationship. They don't not love you. It's just different. Right. You know, we've noticed a trend, Mike, with um, good relationships with grandparents. And it seems that curiosity on both sides, both the grandparents mm -hmm. and the child, if they have a curiosity for each other, um, it, it really does lend itself to a really close relationship. And you can model it as a grandparent, but if it's not there in the child, it's yeah. going to be difficult to develop in a reciprocal way. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But as I've coached parents, curiosity is a great word. And parents and grandparents, if you're curious about what your child is doing, what toys they're playing with, what's their favorite activity or sport, and ask a lot about that, Yeah, that will that will totally foster a great relationship. And it, I think as they get older, it will become more mutual. They'll get the sense that you care about them. I mean, yeah. not that you don't, but that you're really invested. Yeah. You really want to know, why do you like that dinosaur? What is it about that dinosaur that you're attracted to and not the other one? You yeah. know? Or what about this friend or that friend? I did a lot of that and, um, and it does pay off. It really pays off. Before we move on to more about the parenting style, I'm kind of curious about the illustrations. You know, did you talk with your illustrator about what medium she was going to use? And did you have it in your head how it was going to look? I had no idea. <laughs> I really did not have any idea. Thanks for being no honest. <laughs> I had no idea. I get, She gravitated towards the writing. Mm -hmm. And then I was honest with her. I said, look, you know what? You're a wonderful artist. You take it and go with it. That's really what my direction was. You be the artist and do it. And she really did respond to the words really well. And mm -hmm. she 
was passionate about it. So that's what she came up with. We went back and forth occasion, of course, you know, back and forth about colors and this is the designs I have for this page and what do you think? But it's really her. She rewrote it in the illustrations. Yeah, I, I, I think it, it works really well together. And you used, uh, she used watercolor as opposed to uh, acrylic or something. So it's a very ethereal. It has a, a kind of an ethereal feel to it, which I think contributes to the gentleness of the message. So I, I really did like that. I thought they worked well together. You know, speaking of gentle, uh, we've talked on our podcast about gentle parenting. And of course, we we take that to mean gentle grandparenting as well. But would you have a name for your specific style of parenting other than conscious parenting? And if it is, is conscious parenting, what are we conscious of all the time? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't prescribe to one style. I would say if I had to name it, it would be just present, being mm. present, the present parenting style. Um, <laughs> because in each situation, it might call for a bit of different maneuvering. You know, mm-hmm. I think each situation is different. And if you just do follow one particular style, then um, then you might get into trouble because it won't fit with every kid and it won't fit with every situation. But the present is also conscious. I think what you're conscious about is you're conscious of you and how you're feeling moment to moment. So, And you're conscious of what your child is feeling moment to moment as much as you can. Mm. So just figuring out, is the tantrum about the broken toy or is the tantrum about, you know, a child on the playground that called your child a name or mm-hmm. is it like just being very very present and um and curious frankly and uh yeah it's yeah i tried to do it as much as possible not always possible clearly 100 percent. yeah i mean sometimes there's chaos and you're like <clears throat> i can't handle yep. this and they can't handle yep. this and we all have to go to our corners yes. well <laughs> some of us are better at, at managing multiple inputs than others yeah uh-huh. i am not yeah. And so mm-hmm. I'm kind of wondering if being present has gotten easier for you over time. It has. And I'm also one of those people that does not do well in diff- a lot of different inputs yeah. for a yeah. long period of time. I'm not, that's not my strength at all, but it has become so much easier. And I practice every day. I mean, not almost every day I meditate. I really try and be present as much. But yes, over time with practice, it has gotten better. If I, know what I know now that I and go back to being a Montessori teacher, I would be a more <laughs> present Montessori teacher and more patient. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just you grow. But yes, uh, and it's important to know when to take that break, when yeah. you need that break. And when your child needs that break, it's really important. And then you come back together and have a have a calm discussion. A little hug fest. Yes. <laughs> We were talking about parenting styles, and there was this uh, TV show that I watched, and uh, it was called The Parent Test. And they highlight several different kinds of parenting styles, like uh, um, child-led, traditional, disciplined, strict, high-achieving, free-range. It, it was kind of an interesting mm-hmm. show, uh, new age, helicopter parenting. <laughs> and, you know, as I'm listening to you, you obviously do not think there's one way, one right way to parent. But your way sounds very open-ended. Yeah, I believe it is It is open-ended. I mean, I agree with a lot of those different parenting styles. There's, there's, there's nuggets in all of them that mm-hmm. you can use, um, which I think is important to be flexible and learn from all of them. Um, 
but yes, I think I'm trying to be at least really open-minded. Uh, it's not always successful, but in terms of child-led, I say, I guess I'm more, I did le let my child lead a lot when mm -hmm. it was safe, you know, I let him and, you know, sometimes that's great. And then as he's gotten older, sometimes then you start to have to put the boundaries in, which is challenging. Yeah. Right? So it just, you have to really always walk that tightrope of letting them do their own thing, but then putting the boundary when you need to, which I find personally the most challenging is, is that. Yeah. I mean, your child doesn't look at you and think, oh, you're not being consistent. You used to be, you used to be this way and now you're putting up boundaries. Is, is that, <laughs> does that cause mm -hmm. a little bit of conflict? Uh, not, not so, not so much like that, but mm. more boundaries in that you have to, you know, uh, well, he's older, so it's yeah. more about screen time and things like right, that. Right, right. But like you're allowed, but I'm still, it's still a work in progress for me. Like you get, you know, this much time on the weekends yeah. and then it turns off. So we have systems to help us turn it off, but it is, um, it is a bit of a shock sometimes for him occasionally, and yeah. it does take a couple weeks to get used to everyone to get used to a new boundary. Yeah. I don't like to use rules, but that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. But I yes. mean, we all need that, don't we? I mean, those are self-inflicted <laughs> on us sometimes. We're like, okay, I've been binge watching too much, or I've been doing, <laughs> you know, I've been spending too much time in a, going to restaurants. You know, you have to, we all have those. We all have things where right? I mean, we have to, we have to stop ourselves. So it's, it's part of becoming an adult. And um, that is interesting, too, that you're starting to feel that as he heads towards adulthood. Samantha, I imagine the spillover to grandparenting, there's a lot of it from your book, Help Me Be Me. Um, but, you know, it's a big change for all of us, this new kinds of parenting and being more aware of ourselves. But I think it's important for grandparents to, you know, learn these things, evolve and be open to these. And uh, it's a big change. You're very correct about it being uh, a change and to be open to it. So my in-laws are very open to it and they've changed yeah. like for the better. They're very thankful, actually. They're thankful because they've changed and they have a such a special relationship with their grandson. And we talk about it a lot because they're seeing him, they're asking the questions, they're, they're not North American. Mm. So they're allowing him to take risks that they wouldn't have let their son take, you know, because they're, it's just they're learning about their generational patterns that they've yeah. handed down and that some of them are great and some of them aren't as appropriate anymore. Right. But it's, yeah. being, it's being open though, open to new things, which is great for you. I'm so happy that you're, that you're both so open like that. It's yeah, we're wonderful. giving it Thank a try. <laughs> and if our listening audience is interested, um, what's the best for, way for us to get your book? We will put this on the show notes, but you can go ahead and tell us. Mm -hmm. uh, the best way would be uh, at my website, which is samantharenolds.ca. Mm -hmm. You can order it there and I can ship it to you. But if it's easier for your listening audience, it's on Amazon. Amazon.com, Amazon.ca. It is there as well. Right. So whichever is easiest for them, uh, and it makes great uh, gifts, not only for grandparents, but for new parents and for newlyweds and expectant parents, all of that. Yeah. So thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate this. I really do. It's great to have you on. And Mike, it's interesting that she said 
when she went to visit her grandmother that her grandmother accepted her for herself. She could be herself. She was accepted, peaceful, had had lots of fun with her grandmother. And to me, it indicated that she was present in the moment and so was her grandmother. Yeah. Again, I feel like the takeaway for this is that we need to be present and not to be distracted. Like that's easy to do, especially when your grandkids come to your house because they're, you know, they're in your space and you've got lots of things going on. And, and maybe you didn't completely childproof everything before they got in and they're <laughs> touching your things. And yeah. And so that just isn't the issue. The issue is like looking into their eyes and really being there for them. And that's kind of a way to even teach them how to be present. This kind of makes me think of this couple that we saw at a restaurant a few weeks ago where they were uh, physically present, but they weren't emotionally present with each other. They sat across the table yeah. from each other, looked at their phones. The I didn't whole time. I didn't hear a word spoken <laughs> the whole time we were there eating. Well, except for ordering. <laughs> they did order some food. But the, the thing about it is that, and I think this is the point, we can't wait until our grandchildren are with us to practice being present because practice means you've been doing it, you know, several times all the time. And so we need to practice, you and I need to practice being present with each other. As it turns out, because you and I are around each other way more than we're around anybody else. Right. You're my practice buddy for this. There you go. Yeah. Practice buddies. So put the thing, put the phones down, put the the things that distract you down and make sure you're present with each other when you know, not all the time. You don't have to do it all the time, but we, we need to do that as much as possible. When we're in vicinity of each other, right. we need to practice being present with each other exactly. all the time. Yeah. You know, I'm grateful to hear that message again and to be reminded of what we need to do to be good grandparents. So in the meantime, I'm Emily Morgan. And I'm Mike Morgan. And thank you for joining us in Living the Grand Life. Next time on The Grand Life. We recommend that clients update their wills anytime there's a change in the family situation, just to make sure that the plan that was once a backup plan really will do what it's needed now that it's going to be the first choice plan. That's next time on The Grand Life. <laughs>